Come on, good morning, everybody. You ready to praise the Lord? Say praise the Lord. If you're not ready, get ready. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to start with the King of Glory. Let's all stand and worship the Lord this morning. All right, here we go.
that great old hymn, What Can Wash Away My Sins? You tell me. Amen. Oh, what can wash away Jesus. Well, before Brother Martin comes and gives us our announcements, we're going to take time to greet one another. So everybody smile, look like you're saved, look like you got Jesus in your life. Amen. Somebody's already been slain in the spirit here on the front row. Tell somebody glad to see him this morning. All right.
right, if you would, find your place and be seated. Brother Martin is going to give us our announcements. You may be seated now. He said now. God is good, amen? Now let's see how good God is. Uh, I know somebody in here has a need, and I have exactly what they need. I have a little bitty kitten. That I, I had gotten for my oldest daughter, Mackenzie, to take to school with her as a little, you know, one of those little therapy things, pets, or whatever they call them nowadays. But that didn't work out. So, this kitten has to leave, and it's going to go one way or another. So, if anybody in here, the Lord put on their heart that they need a kitten, it is so precious. I just have a lot of dogs at my house, and if he goes outside, well... Mother Nature's going to take over, so if that helps any of you, see me after service if you have the, a need for a kitten, or you know somebody. So, with that being said, uh, do we have any first-time visitors signified by raising your hand? All right, well, good deal. Uh, so, just to let you know, we do have Wednesday morning Bible study in the Fellowship Hall. Brother Mark does it. Uh, there's probably a group of ten that usually come. If you have, uh, if you have time... Uh, I've been a few times myself, uh, and they have a great time that morning because I can hear them in the office every time. So then uh, Wednesday night services, we do have a dinner at 6 uh, in the evening. Miss Mary does a wonderful job. Um, yeah, give her a clap offering. And I will go ahead and say this. Uh, she did ask for waters. Some of you have brought some waters. Let's just keep doing that without her having to ask. I went by Sam's yesterday, picked me up a case of water, picked a couple up for the church, because that's something that we just constantly, constantly rotate. Um, and then we have uh, Sunday, or, I mean Wednesday night service for the youth in here, which I teach. Brother Mark teaches in there, and then Miss Cindy and her helpers do a wonderful job with the, uh, with the little ones. Uh, of course, if you're not coming to Sunday school, we do encourage you to come. It's at 10 in the morning. Uncle Buck leads a class in the big sanctuary. Jose does a good job with the youth. And uh, then uh, somebody does the littles, I believe. I don't know. <laughs> Next week is Palm Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. Now, if you don't speak Christianese, that's basically communion. So don't think we're having supper that evening like I did when I first got saved. We are doing communion, okay? Christianese, it's a real language. Look it up. And then the following week is going to be Easter Sunday, April 17th. We're going to have a giant kids Easter egg hunt. Uh, I know we asked for people to bring Easter eggs. Miracle of God. Give the Lord a praise offering. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> Just, yeah, we need candy to go in them. Yes, yes. Okay. Not chocolate? Um, bring wrap candy. If it melts, it'll reform, Okay. <laughs> Tell me you've never eaten a Kit Kat that way. I have all the time. We're also going to have baptisms that day, which is amazing. And then if you bring a guest, your guest will get a free movie ticket and 
you will get a free movie ticket. If you have an extra guest, let me know so I can get a free movie ticket. <laughs> and then uh, the following weekend, we're going to have uh, Brother Herman Kramer and the Floyd Boys, and they're going to come for to kick off our revival. Brother Kramer did an amazing job last year. I'm looking forward to hearing him again and again bring somebody with you and we might even be able to get you a ticket that's not approved but I'm gonna step out on faith and then life recovery class happens here at two o'clock Sundays uh, brother Tracy does a does a good job so if you want to come come to that and then the, other than that the jester will get off the stage amen. give the jester a big hand if you would amen uh, our uh, one thing I didn't put on there also, uh, don't forget our uh, uh, during our revival, it will be very similar to what we did last year. We'll have a, a food truck here every night uh, on uh, the first day on Sunday morning, uh, the 24th. Uh, we will provide lunch for everybody here, all right? Miss Mary is going to uh, help us do a lunch here. So we will provide lunch after the Sunday morning uh, revival service, and then every night we will have food trucks here. And then we'll have desserts here. So if you can help with desserts, and you can help with that, all right? And we'll do all that in the fellowship hall each night before uh, before the service, all right? I hope you're looking forward to that. We got a busy month, amen? Uh, we got Palm Sunday next Sunday. We got Easter Sunday the next Sunday. And we got revival starting the last Sunday of the month, amen? Uh, if you complain about us not doing enough, you must be crazy, amen? Because we're going to have plenty to do this month, all right? Hey, we're going to stand, if you will. Let's stand again and worship. Miss Tracy is going to lead us in chain breaker. How many of you know that Jesus is our chain breaker? Amen. Let's sing it together. So it's for the 
seated.
Spirit for directing our paths. Thank you for the convictions. Lord, you want to remove things that don't belong in our lives, Father. Lord, may we move into you, Father. May we have that relationship where we just 
trust you and know, God, your will, your desires are what's best for us, Father. Lord, I just pray for so many in our church family that are dealing with a lot of illness and health issues, Father. God, we just give them to you and know that you have a plan. Your plan is to heal. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for just everyone here. And um, Lord, we just ask that you would just speak to us this morning individually, Lord. We just honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. If uh, you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, we have that ready for you. Miss Cindy and all her crew are there waiting to just give them a wonderful lesson. Give our children's workers a big hand, if you would. And our nursery workers, they do such a great job. Isn't that a great song, uh, Holy Ground? You can thank Brother Ken Wise for that. Brother Ken requested that song. That's a, that's a good one, isn't it? Amen. We are standing on holy ground. I hope you feel that way every time you come to the house of God. You know, sometimes we can get a little uh, just kind of in the routine of going to church and forget what, how special what we do here on Sunday morning is. Amen. And when you come into this place, this is holy ground. You are standing on holy ground. I hope we realize how special that is uh, for us. Amen. So uh, I'm going to talk to you this morning. Kind of uh, piggybacking off of what I spoke to you last week about, all right? Last week, I talked about uh, quit making excuses. Uh, if you missed that one, go back and watch it on video. Brother JT, our uh, resident e- expert at uh, all the all things uh, AV work, uh, posts those. They get on Facebook, and if you miss a sermon, you can go back and watch it, all right? So uh, quit making excuses. And basically, uh, I just kind of went over about how we make excuses for every reason of why we can't serve God, why we can't do the things that God calls us to. And I even used, uh, Brother Martin didn't know he was stepping into it, but I even used Brother Martin and myself as examples because as we lead you here, we understand that every time we step up here, we're hypocrites. Amen? Because if you compare yours, and guess what? I don't want to let you off the hook either. You're a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Anybody that puts themselves up next to Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the Son of God, you're going to be a hypocrite. All right? So quit making excuses. Uh, I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. We're not worthy to do anything, are we? We're not worthy of our salvation. We're not worthy of anything. But Christ makes us worthy because he paid the price on that cross and he spilled his blood for you and me. So I'm going to piggyback off of that and kind of do a continuation of quit making excuses. And now I'm going to preach on why would God use me? Now I can see many of you might have that very question on your mind right now. Well, why would God use me? Here's the thing. God uses messed up, jacked up, broken people. Anybody here fit in that category? Everybody fits in that category. So guess what? You're not exempt. I'm not exempt. Because God does amazing things with messed up, uh, sinful, broken people. That's the good news, all right? Why would God use me? God wants to use you to do something significant in people's lives. Now, you've heard me say this before. The problem is many people only see what I call the spotlight positions. You see what happens up here. And you say, well, I'm not a preacher. I can't preach, so that one's out. I can't sing like Miss Julie, and I can't play the guitar, and I can't sing like Miss Tracy, and I can't play the bass guitar, I can't play the drums, so I'm out on that. 
And that's all you see, what you see kind of here on the stage, so to speak, the spotlight. But guess what? It takes uh, way more people to do all the behind-the-scenes work uh, than it does um, to just do this right here. This is just what you see on Sunday morning. But guess what? This building has to be cleaned every week. Uh, ministry goes on. Ministry to people one-on-one -on -one happens all during the week. Uh, what you see, what I do here on Sunday morning is really the easy part. Uh, the easy part is getting up here and preach because that's what I've been called to. I love preaching. I love getting ready for it. But this is the easy part. Unfortunately, this is what you get judged on because this is what everybody comes and sees on Sunday morning. But can I tell you, this is not the hard part of being a pastor. The hard part of being a pastor is what happens Monday through Saturday and dealing with those messed up, jacked up, broken people. Amen. Uh, as one of my preachers said, and even Brother Mike said this one time, I said, the next church I go to is not going to have any people. Amen. I said, well, let me know how that goes. That doesn't really work out real good. But I'm here. The, the gist of that is what's hard is dealing with broken, messed up people. All right? Uh, quite honestly, and I love you, but, uh, you know, getting you through the week sometimes is the hardest part of my week. Amen? Again, this is the easy part, but we all lived in a sinful, broken world. Now, I wish I could tell you that we didn't live in a sinful, broken world. But guess what? Adam and Eve, you go all the way back, and sin entered into the world and all this bad that happens, poor God gets blamed for all of it. But guess what? God didn't create it that way. Uh, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And we, all of this brokenness, all of this messed up stuff that we deal with is because we live in a sinful, broken world. Amen? And so we must understand that. Uh, don't blame God. Don't blame God because you don't like everything going on or because you think everything is bad. Uh, listen, uh, God has a plan. And he has set it up. And he has, uh, there is only one plan. If you read the Bible, you will only find one plan of salvation. Many, many roads do not lead to heaven. One road leads to heaven. Jesus is either exactly who he said he was or he was a complete liar. And Jesus, out of his own mouth, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. All right? So that's exactly who he is. Uh, so let's go, let's uh, discover here. What are some of our excuses? I'll kind of go back over some of the excuses that we talked about from last week. Well, I don't know the Bible good enough. You know, I didn't go to, go to seminary. Well, guess what? Neither did I. Amen. I went to a Bible college and uh, kind of came out of Bible college and had to unlearn all that because they teach out of a book. And uh, it's like most things, you get to the real life and the real thing and uh, none of it applies. Amen. You can have all the book knowledge in the world. And most of you know this. You can have all the book knowledge of the, in the world, but and you can get a you can even get a degree in something, but then you get to the first day on the job. If you can't translate that into the real job and make the real job happen, that degree is kind of useless, isn't it? Book learning is a wonderful thing, but then you have to apply it and you have to put it in real world situation. I've known very many people that uh, had a lot of book learning, but they couldn't they couldn't function when they got in the real world, and so we need to understand that. Uh, it's not about knowing enough Bible. It's not about whether you're a Bible scholar. Well, I don't have any talents. Can I say this? Everybody in this room has talents. And just because they're not the ones you see in the spotlight does not mean you don't have talents. It's not just about preaching. It's not just about singing. It's not just about teaching. Uh, many of you have talents. Many of you are very handy. Many of you uh, are very good with cars and your mechanics. Uh, many of you are uh, very good at hospitality. Many of you are very good at uh, being one-on-one -on -one with people. 
Many of you have the gift of gab. In fact, I say most of you have the gift of gab. I know most of you, amen. Uh, if you have the gift of gab, you, there's no reason, there's no excuse for you not to be a soul winner. If you can talk about everything else under the planet to a garbage can, then why can't you win that garbage can to Jesus? Amen? So, if you had, it's, just, it's not about whether you've got the talent or not. It's just about turning it in the right direction. Amen? So, turn it in the right direction if you have that gift. All right? Uh, if you have that, you may say, well, Brother Mark, what's a hand, what can a handyman do for God? Or what can a mechanic do for God? Listen, do you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan was not a preacher. In fact, you remember the story of the Good Samaritan. The preacher came by and the worship leader came by. And what did they do? Got on the other side of the road and ignored him. It's bad, isn't it? But this good Samaritan comes along, just a regular old Joe, just a lay person, and this good Samaritan finds compassion in their heart to reach out and help this person, picks them up, bandages them up, takes them to the next town, pays for their hotel room, and says, I'll be back to check on you. Listen, if you've got a talent and you're a handyman, I just met a guy yesterday. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm retired. I said, oh, are you enjoying retirement? He said, no, I work harder than I ever have. I said, well, what do you do? He said, well, at my church, we have a ministry team, and we build wheelchair ramps for elderly people. There you go. Ran into another guy. I said, uh, what, what, do you, what do you do? Well, I was a mechanic for years, but I retired. Oh, yeah, how are you enjoying retirement? Well, I'm busier than I've ever been. Well, what do you do? Well, my church has a ministry that once a month we do oil changes and we do minor repairs on cars for women, uh, single moms, and people who can't afford to have their car taken to the dealership and worked on. There you go. Amen. And listen, you will minister to more people just by being a good Samaritan than any preacher ever will. Why? Because ministry is really done one-on-one. -on -one. Listen, I, again, I love preaching. I love what I do up here. But guess what? A lay person on fire for the Lord can do a hundred times more than a preacher. You may say, well, Brother Mark, you get to stand in front of all these people and proclaim the gospel. Yeah, that's true. But guess what? You know what? I'm going to win a whole lot more people to the Lord one-on-one -on -one than I am in here. Why? Because you think lost people are knocking the door down to get in here? Now, we'll get some lost people in here and praise the Lord. Some will come in and get saved. But more chances than not, most everybody who chooses to come in these doors are already saved. So I'm here sharing to you about how you need to go because guess what? Soul winning is not done right here. Now, if a lost person comes in here, I'm going to give the gospel, amen? And hopefully maybe they'll get saved when they hear it. But I'm here to tell you there's a whole lot more soul winning goes on outside those doors when you open your mouth and as a lay person and tell somebody about the gospel and the good news of the gospel, amen? Brother Buck, Brother Buck wins people the Lord. He's a soul winner. He, uh, him and Brother Mike used to go out. Brother Mike was one of the greatest soul winners I know. Guess what? You know where most of the souls that Buck wins and that Brother Mike won are? They're not inside these doors. Most of them are out there one-on-one. -on -one. Brother Buck don't even have to go on visitation. Many of you think, well, you know, we don't go on visitation, so I can't win people to the Lord. Guess what? Most people were not one on visitation. Brother Buck has them come. He told me one day two young guys come to fix his air conditioning. Wins them both to the Lord. Amen. He don't have to go out. They come to him. Amen? Amen. Guess what? That's the exact, you're no different than Brother Buck. God puts you in situations every day to open your mouth and share the gospel. You don't have to go out on visitation to be a soul winner. In fact, I'd say you're probably far more effective to be a soul winner at work, in your neighborhood, 
to the people who come into your path every single day. But you have to be intentional. You have to have your radar on, don't you? And you have to be asking people, and you have to have enough compassion to ask people, are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? If you were to die right now, do you know where you'd go? And the answer is not, I hope so. If you give Brother Buck that answer, that's the wrong answer. You give me that answer, that's the wrong answer. If you got a hope so salvation, you're not saved. Because salvation is a no-so salvation. Well, Brother Mark, how can you know so? Well, because it's not based on me. It's not based on you. It's based on what Jesus did on the cross for you. So I can unequivocally say, once I give my heart and life to Jesus, I have a no-so salvation. I don't have to guess. I don't have to hope so. I don't have to hope that my good deeds are going to, there's a giant scale in heaven, and uh, hopefully my good deeds are going to outweigh my bad deeds. Where in the world did you get that? Have you read your Bible? The, the giant scale is not in there. All right? All right, so it is based on what Jesus did for you. When you stand before your Savior in heaven one day, the only question that's going to be given is, what did you do with my son? What did you do with my son? Not how good a person were you. Not did you get it all right. Not were you perfect. Were you good enough? The only question that's going to be asked is, what did you do with my son? Mm, man. Other excuse. Brother Mark, I have doubts. Join the club. If you've lived in this world any longer than a minute, you've got doubts. Some days you just wonder, where's God? That's okay. He's a big daddy. He can handle your doubts sometimes. Just go to your daddy, put your head on his shoulder, and say, Lord, I'm having a hard time today. Daddy, I'm having a hard time today. I'm having some doubts. And the father will say, it's okay, my son. Just rest for a moment. Just rest. All right? I have my doubts. I'm not spiritual enough. Well, you can do something about that. The one thing any of us can do is to become a better person than what we are right now. So pray more, read your Bible more, spend more time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not spiritual enough, get a little more spiritual every day. You may not be a spiritual giant, but guess what? If you pray today and read your Bible today, you'll be a little more spiritual tomorrow than you were today. Amen. So all of us can do something about that. All right, here's some more. Brother Mark, you don't know my past. Woo. Well, thank God you don't know mine either. Amen. Uh, none of us want our past brought up because the past has a lot of nasty stuff in there. It has a lot of stuff we regret. It has a lot of stuff that we're ashamed of. It has a lot of stuff that we would like to forget. But guess what? The Lord doesn't ask you to forget it. He asks you to ask forgiveness for it and move on from it, but he does not ask you to forget it. Why? Because your past is there to remind you of how far you've come. Who did you used to be? Can I tell you this? When I met Jesus Christ, it turned my life around. I know what direction I was heading. And if I had not met Jesus Christ uh, at the age of 15, I knew what dire which direction I was going. And my life would have had a totally different tra trajectory than after I met Jesus Christ. It totally changed the direction of my life. And I would dare say that's true of everybody in here. If you had a true salvation experience, it changed you. It changed the direction and the trajectory of your life. In the past, have you made mistakes even since you've been a Christian? Yes, I can guarantee it. But guess what? Do not live in the past. The devil wants to lie to you. My fear doesn't stand a chance 
when I'm standing in his love. The devil wants to lie to you, and he wants to tell you you're no good, you're not worthy. Guess what? You can agree with him all day long because it is true, but you can say that doesn't matter, though, because my Savior paid for my sins. The debt is paid. I can check it paid in full, and I can do whatever God calls me to do. Amen? Uh, every biblical character, I challenge you, every biblical character in the Bible was a failed, flawed, broken person. Everybody that God used was a failed, flawed, broken person with terrible things in their past. Every one of them. I can guarantee you that the Lord used them. He specializes in using broken people. All right? Okay. Uh, let's see. Remember, there's a story of Gideon. Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. And then the, uh, God was calling Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you, my mighty warrior. And, uh, and basically Gideon said this, Well, if, if the Lord is with me, then why did all this happen? Gideon was making excuses. Well, Lord, if you were with me, then why did all this bad happen? And guess what? That applies to today, doesn't it? Because we can look around us today and we can ask the Lord, Well, Lord, if you're with us, why did all this happen? Lord, what's going on? Lord, why did all of this happen? Okay? So let's look at what uh, the story is with, with Gideon, okay? Uh, it's in Judges chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. It says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15. So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. Gideon. We still talk about Gideon today. There's even a whole ministry named the Gideons. His name is still used today. But Gideon, at the beginning, just like you and me, he's broken, he's flawed, he has doubts, he has insecurities. And he says, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest in Manasseh. And not only is my clan the weakest clan... I'm the least of the least. I'm the weakest. And it's excuse after excuse. But God says, have I not called you? And he raises Gideon up. And here we are thousands of years later talking, still talking about Gideon. God used Gideon, all right? Why would God use someone like me? Um, so let's look at this. Who does God most often use? And I'm going to give you three different things. And everybody in here probably falls in at least one of these categories, maybe all three of these cat categories. Number one, God uses the insecure. Anybody in here insecure? The rest of you are lying. We're all insecure. In fact, I tell people many times, they say, you know, I wish I was like so-and-so. They just have so much confidence. Their mouth is always moving. They're always talking. They're just always, you know, just so confident. And they seem like they're so confident. And they're always just kind of look like they're out there just parading for everybody. Can I guarantee you, usually the loudest one in the room and the one that you would think is the most confident, it's a facade. That's, the, that's probably the most insecure person in the room. And they're using it to cover it up. All right? Because many times when people, we're, we're professionals at putting on masks, you know? Hypocrites, uh, that from the Greek word, that was the word they used when they would do dramas and plays, and they would use these masks to become another character. And that's exactly what we do. We, we say, well, I'm not comp I have all these insecurities, but I'm going to be 
loud and brash, and I'm going to be the one that looks like they've got the most confidence. That way nobody will know that inside I'm really just scared and I'm just insecure. So guess what? Even the most confident one in the room, you may look at me. Brother Mark's standing up there, surely he's secure. No, I'm not. Just because I'm over here talking and running my mouth does not mean I'm secure. I have many insecurities just like you. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. God, why, why would you use me? Just like Gideon said, Lord, I'm the least of the least. God, why would you use me? And God says, I can use you. If you just give yourself to me, I can turn it around. I can do something powerful with you. You know what? One of the main characteristics is this. Because most people think God uses the confident. God uses the proud. In fact, we even see that in the military sometimes. The few, the proud, the Marines. Amen. But guess what? Insecurities, fears, they get to us all. What's the old saying? Nobody's an atheist in a foxhole. You let those bullets start whizzing over your head. Amen. We got some military people here. They know there's no atheist in a foxhole. All of a sudden, everybody's praying to Jesus when the bullets are flying over your head. Amen. We've all got those fears. We've all, sometimes when I'm preaching up here, that's exactly what I feel like. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching and I got bullets. The, the Satan is sending bullets. They're whizzing over my head. Amen. And we're all scared. We all have those moments of insecurity. All right. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Moses. You remember Moses? King of the excuse makers. Exodus 4, um, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses gave his excuses. You know what, the, what amazes me, what I sometimes forget is that at this point that God is calling Moses and says, Moses, I want you to go lead my children out of captivity. He's 80 years old. He's 80, he's, he was in Pharaoh's house the first 40 years. Then he murders the guy, and he goes in hiding for the next 40 years. So when this happens, he's 80 years old. And God, you, God's not concerned with, because many times here's the excuse. Well, Brother Mark, I'm too young. No, you're not. Young people, you're never too young. In fact, you're far better off if you start living for the Lord now and you surrender everything you got to him right now. Or the other flip of the coin. Well, Brother Mark, I'm just too old. Brother Mark, I can't do anything anymore. Listen, if you can pray, one thing I told my mama, you know, my, many of you know my mom just passed away recently. And my mom kind of got that, you know, she's like, I'm just so weak and I can't get out of the house. I can't do much anymore. But I would encourage my mom. I'd say, Mama, you're sitting here all day. You got that phone, and God gave us the Internet. I know there's a lot of bad on it, but guess what? Use it for some good. Encourage people. Pray for people. She, was, she became a prayer warrior because she knew. Guess what? From a hospital bed in a nursing home, you can still be a prayer warrior. You can still pray for people. You can pick up that phone, and if you can learn to text just a few words, you can encourage somebody. You got all day to do it. You're never too old. You're never too young. God is calling you. Quit making excuses and just do what God's called you to do. All right? Why does God want to use me? I'm not outgoing enough. Guess what? You don't have to be outgoing. Many of you think I'm an extrovert. Ask my wife. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. 
Sometimes people have said to her, your husband must be so fun at home. She goes, no, not really. He's really boring. <laughs> because I do most of my talking here and on the job. Amen. When I go home, I just, I just want to be by myself. I just, I'm an introvert. I like that solitude also. Now, don't get me wrong. I love what God has called me to. But by nature, I'm not an extrovert. I believe God gave me the ability to turn it on and be an extrovert when he called me to do this. But guess what? That is not my human nature. That's not what I was wired with. All right? So guess what? Don't use that excuse. I'm not outgoing enough. All right? Another excuse is I'm terrified of crowds. Number one fear of people. I heard the comedian say this. He said, number one fear of most people is speak, public speaking. Number two fear of most people is death. That means most people are more scared to give the eulogy than they are to be the casket. Amen? I thought that was pretty good. We need to understand that, that most people would say, well, I'm terrified. I can't get up and talk in front of people. Listen, God will give you the power to do whatever he's called you to do. I would have never thought I'd be standing up here doing public speaking as an, as an introvert that it was not my first choice. Amen? But God will call you to it. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Always, always, always. Okay? Um, I have no self-confidence. Guess what? You don't need self-confidence. What you and I both need is God confidence. If God calls you to it, he can put you through it. All right? You need God confidence. Okay? All right. Uh, one more scripture. Uh, let's see what happened with Moses. Exodus chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. This is what... This is how God responded to him. <laughs> if you want to give God excuses, watch out because God will respond. So God says to Moses, he says, so the Lord said to him, who's made man's mouth? Moses, who made your mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Verse 12, now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Again, here's Brother Mark being blunt once again. Shut up, Moses, and just go do what I told you to do. Your job is to be faithful. I went through this last week. You think I get up here and I feel like preaching every Sunday? If I only got up here when I felt like it, you'd probably only get about one sermon a month. Because here's the reality. It ain't because I feel like it. God didn't call me to feel like it. I don't run based on my emotions. Most people's problem is they run based on their emotions. Well, I just, you know, I'm having a hard time with it today, so I just don't think I'm going to do it. Shut up and just go do it. I got to get up here every Sunday because I know you people are showing up and you're expecting a word from God. And whether I feel like it or not, my job is not to feel like it. My job is to be faithful and be faithful and show up and do what God called me to do. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether I feel like it or not. Okay? Do you feel like every Monday morning getting up and going to work? No, but guess what you need? You need that paycheck, don't you? Guess what you need? You need to pay your bills. Guess what? It's no different because the Lord has called you to it. Be faithful. Be faithful. All right? All right. Let's go on. Number two, God uses the unlikely. All right? Why does God use the unlikely? God specializes in using those that others overlook. Hello, Landmark Baptist Church. Uh, King David had uh, brothers who were older, more handsome, stronger, and more mature. All right, let's look at the king of excuses. Um, we looked at Moses. Another one was King David. 
when God called King David, King David was a boy, wasn't he? And guess what? You remember the story? Samuel shows up looking for the next king of Israel, and he shows up, and Jesse's got some sons. And Jesse's got, and King David has these brothers. King David's not even in the house. King David's down watching the sheep, being faithful, doing his job, being faithful in the little things of what God called him to do. So they show up, and they say, well, Jesse, we've, we've been sitting here. God sent us here to find the next king of Israel. And so who you got in this house? Well, the brothers, and the brothers are, man, they're big, tall, you know, mature, strapping young men, handsome, good looking, got all the requirements that anybody would be looking for. And God says, nope, nope, nope. And then uh, he asks Jesse, he says, you have any more sons? He says, well, I got my little boy. I got the youngest one. I got the little boy. He's down there watching the sheep. Amen. Let's look at what the story there. It's in... Uh, First uh, Samuel 16, 6 and 7. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. This is one of the brothers. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The brothers were rejected, even though you and I would look at the brothers and we say, surely that's got to be the candidate. That's the next king right there. He's tall. He's good looking. He's in shape. He's ripped and he can speak. He's got all the requirements. And the Lord says, nope, don't. you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. And God calls David a little boy to be the next king of Israel. You and I would never pick that one, would we? But God specializes in using the unlikely, the one that everybody else would pass over. That's many times who God uses. Amen. Maybe that's the way you see yourself. Well, Brother Mark, uh, you know, nobody would want me. I'm, you know, I was the last one picked in school on the, on the playground. Guess what? You're the exact one that God would use. Amen. All right. Um, number three, God uses the broken. This is probably the most important one. Because everybody in this room probably considers themselves broken. And when we use the word broken, we think of broken and useless, don't we? When you break something at the house, it breaks into 100 pieces. And your idea and my idea and my, the image that comes into my mind when I say broken is it's done with, it's useless. But you forget, you work for the creator. You work for the one who specializes in taking all the broken pieces and putting them back together and using them. Amen? So you're broken, but you're not done with. Amen? You're not done with. You remember a guy named Peter? Peter had tons of self-confidence. Peter was the exact opposite of what we're talking about today. Peter was the one who always talked, always ran his mouth, and was super confident. But you know what? That'll get you in trouble. If you're confident, too confident in yourself and you don't have some humility, you better find some humility and mix some humility in there because Peter was too confident. And what happened? You remember? When Jesus needed him the most, Peter got scared and denied Jesus not once, not twice, three times. In his greatest moment of need, his Savior needed him, and he ran off. Where'd that confidence go? you got to be careful. Pride comes before a what? fall all right um but uh listen god let's read the story luke 22 verses 60 through 62 
But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Maybe you're in a season like that right now. You're weeping because you feel like, I've failed the Lord and he'll never be able to use me again. Well, the wonderful end of the story is what Jesus restored Peter, didn't he? He forgave him. Remember, after he shows up after the resurrection, he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Once. Then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me more than these? Then he asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter was restored. You may be broken, but God can put you back together. You may say, well, Brother Mark, I've had a divorce. This very church was born because a man got divorced and he hung it up and he thought he was done. And God spoke to him in a deer stand. You remember that story? And God said, Mike, what are you doing up here in this deer stand? And Mike said, well, Lord, you know I've had a divorce. So I'm in the furniture business now and I'm just up here hunting. And the Lord speaks to Brother Mike and says, Mike, do you not know, do you not think I didn't know that you were going to be divorced when I called you? He said, now get down out of this stand, get down out of this tree, go home, and next Sunday have church. And he went home, told BJ, I wish BJ was, uh, was here because she testified to uh, and she, uh, and uh, he told her, you're going to have church next, uh, next Sunday. And she said, well, I didn't marry a preacher. We said, well, you better get ready because here we go. Amen. And the very next Sunday, and uh, I think the first Sunday, it was Brother Ken and his wife and Brother uh, Mike and BJ. And uh, that, was, that was about it on that first Sunday. And so this, this church, this ministry, born out of somebody who they could have let the devil want and just said, well, I'm, I can't be used. If he'd listened to the devil, none of this would be here. No, this would be happening right now. Um, maybe you say, well, Brother Mark, I lose my temper. I've got anger problems. You need to take that to the Lord. Let the Lord help you. He can help you with that. Brother Mark, I'm battling addiction. Guess what? The Lord will help you with that. The Lord will use you, not, not because you got, you, you've gotten totally over that. Uh, maybe you still struggle with it, but guess what? The Lord can still use you no matter what. Amen. Uh, Brother Mark, I'm in financial trouble, and my financial house is messed up, and I've gotten myself in debt. Uh, guess what? The Lord can help you out of that. Don't let that stop you. Even if you're in the midst of dealing with it, just say, Lord, I'm going to be used by you. I'm still struggling with it, but please continue to help me. Amen. I blew it in the past. Welcome to the club because it's a club we're all in. I blew it in the past. So here's the, uh, the end of this. And Julie, you can come at this time. What does God want to do through you? There are several ministries already happening in this church. And I have a vision. I believe God's given me a vision for several more ministries. But guess what? The preacher can't do all of them. I need you. You may say, well, God can't use me. I just preached a sermon at you. Stop it, all right? Every one of us can do something. I have a vision, and I just wrote a few down. I've really got more than this, but uh, a first impressions team. Maybe you have the gift of a beautiful smile and a joyful presence. Amen? I know a few of you do. You can stand at the door. You can greet people. You can be out on the parking lot. And it's called a first impressions team because... 
you never get a chance to make another first impression. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Brother Gary does a wonderful job. Amen. But quite honestly, Brother Gary is not very pretty. Amen. Some of you are prettier than Brother Gary. Amen. So some of you can be out there and be that first impression. You know what? They say that a person that's visiting a church, one of the first things that they know, the first impression that they get is, is somebody going to greet them? Is somebody going to be friendly at them? Is somebody going to meet them with a handshake and a smiling face? That's a great ministry. First impressions team. I'd love to put that together. Many of you could do that. Uh, there's a cleaning team. This entire building has to be cleaned, and it keeps us from having to hire a full-time cleaner to come in here. Many of you can do that. It's uh, teams and uh, about once a month. Uh, Miss uh, Miss uh, Kate, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, my brain's rolling and rolling. Miss Kate, see her if you can do that. Amen. Um, I already mentioned it. Uh, Brother Brian drives a van to go pick up people who need to come on Sunday morning. But Brian and April, they're involved in, uh, they do a lot of ministry to, in Wounded Warriors ministry and to marriages there. So many times they're out of town. So we need somebody to be able to do that when Brother Brian's not here. All you got to do is get in a van, start it, go get somebody. All right. Um, many of you, I talked about that ministry that... Uh, if you have the, uh, if you're good with cars, we could do an oil change team or a, a minor repair team to where again once a month, if uh, if single moms or somebody just needed minor car details and repairs, uh, there could be a team for that. Um, we uh, we need a welcome team for when people come and they visit. Uh, somebody could make you know a little pound cake or a a little small dessert and we could give them a free gift and deliver a bag to somebody and say, we thank you so much. A little things like that go so much. I had a pastor one time, his ministry was writing handwritten cards because if you've noticed these days, nobody gets a handwritten card anymore. And if you get something handwritten in the mail, you get excited. I do because nobody does that anymore. And what this pastor would do, his goal was to write an encouraging note and he bought a bunch of these cards and, uh, and he would just take a card. Again, it's not a, not a real big card. And uh, his goal was to every single day, Monday through Friday, write an encouraging note to somebody and put it in the mail. And he would just pick a different person every day. So every, every week he was sending out five different, and you'd be amazed at how people commented on that. Brother, that, that meant so much to me. I was struggling, and just at the right time, this handwritten card shows up in the mail, and it's from my pastor. And it meant the world to me to know that you were thinking of me and that you were praying for me that you even thought about me, all right? Huge. Little things go a long way. Um, and then I think we need to do a good Samaritan ministry, just like this man said. Uh, and I, in fact, I've got one already for that ministry team. If you guys are good with your hands, if you're good with power tools, there's a man in our community that contacted me, and he had a tree falling on his, he's uh, disabled, uh, not able to work. He's poor, uh, has a trailer home, but didn't have any insurance on it tree fell on his house, put a hole in his roof. He needs somebody to come over and fix that roof. He's just got a tarp over there just trying to keep any rain or anything out. Just got a hole in his roof. Somebody just needs to get up there that knows what they're doing. Brother Mark, don't, get me, don't give me power tools, amen. But some of you, somebody's uh, good at that and could, walk, could go up there and patch that hole in no time, amen. So we, those needs are always there. Uh, we could call it a good Samaritan ministry, just trying to help people. Because you don't think that blesses somebody? If you're old and not able to do for yourself and you've got a hole in your roof and somebody shows up from a church to fix the hole in your roof, you don't think that means something to you? You don't think that ministers to you? I'm here to tell you. 
God is calling you. And here's the challenge this morning. I'm, we're going to have an altar call. And I, I certainly want you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to do? But it ain't enough just think about it. Just do it. So there's cards. we got cards back there. They're called communication cards. They are exactly for what they say they are. It's your way to communicate to me. You can come up and tell me, but I'll probably forget it. So the best way is write it on a card. Say, Brother Mark, this is what I'm good at. I, I could help with this. Go over there and get a card, write it down, bring it to me. Because, again, you can tell it to me, but I'll probably forget it. If you write it down, I'll hold on to that, okay, and I can make a list. Uh, I don't know what God's calling you to do. It could be something I didn't even talk about this morning. But guess what? If God laid it on your heart, he laid it on your heart for a reason because he gave you that gift and he wired you to do that, and that's a part of your purpose, all right? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. If you're here this morning, maybe you would say today, Brother Mark, I... If I were to die right now, I sure hope I would go to heaven. Wrong answer. If you can't say, Brother Mark, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'd go to heaven because I've given my heart and life to Jesus. If you can't say that, you need to pray this prayer. If you have any doubt in your mind at all, nail it down. Just pray this prayer with me in your heart and mind and spirit. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and save me. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, second time, hundred time, doesn't matter. Maybe it was a prayer of recommitment because you've done that when you were younger, but you've wandered away from the Lord. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Would you lift up a hand if you prayed that prayer today? Thank you. Thank you. Now, how many of you say, Brother Mark? I need, to be, I need to be open to what the Lord wants, wants to use in me. I need to start using some of these gifts and abilities that the Lord's given me. Would you pray for me, for the Lord to show me what it is he wants me to do? Would you just lift up a hand? Amen. Amen. We're going to pray, and then the altar's going to be open. We're going to sing for a little bit. Brother Martin's going to be on this side of the stage. I'll be over here if you need somebody to pray over you. Father, have your will and your way during this invitation. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. The altar's open. You come as you need to. Sing it out. Oh. 
I want you to understand something this morning because sometimes we want to look and we get caught up again on numbers and what. The, the goal of this sermon today was not for tons of people to come walking down the aisle or any of those things. The goal of this sermon today is uh, because, guess what? We need people. We need the people that are already in the pews to get on fire. Amen. So really the purpose of what I talked to you about today is to motivate you. So again, ask the Lord what it is he wants you to do. What has he gifted you with? You don't have to look very far. Many of us are looking for God's will, and it's very simple. God is not a puzzle maker that wants you to figure out the puzzle. It's not a puzzle. It's not a mystery. God wants you to know what his will is. You just got to ask him. And most of it, you can just look right around you. What do you already enjoy? What is already in your wheelhouse? What are you already good at? What do you already what do you already have a passion for? And you can see that's that's where God's already working. Amen. And so those cards over those communication cards, grab a communication card, write it down, say, Brother Mark, I could be used in this area. Amen. Because all these things I talked about it, they won't happen unless somebody steps up to do them. If we all just sit in the pew and we all, the Lord shows up and we're all sitting in the pew like this, um, you know, I don't want that. I want to be found faithful and I want to be found active and doing what the Lord called me to do when he comes back. What do you want to do when the Lord's coming back? You want to be found sitting on the pew or you want to be found doing something? Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for everybody in this room. Lord, speak to our hearts. Use us for your glory. We're about to enter our mission field when we go out those doors. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go be a blessing.